Hey everybody, Jared Syke Lawrence here, uh, founder of Modern Flirting, and welcome to episode uh, six of the Modern Flirting podcast. I am here with the one and only Joe Nicasio. Uh, since 1999, Joe Nicasio has been working with startup entrepreneurs and seasoned business owners to help them do what they love and make a lot of cash along the way. Uh, he's a guy, if you want to learn some tactics, you can put to work in your business today. So I want you guys to pay attention to what Joe Nicasio to say here, because he is an advisor that I know you can trust. How are you doing today, Joe? You know, I am uh, blessed to be in your presence. Well, thank you. I'm blessed to be in yours. Uh, I know with everything going on around the world right now, there's a lot of people who aren't blessed and they're, they're struggling. And this is, might be one of the hardest times since the Great Depression. You know, how are people supposed to, you know, even seasoned business owners are having a hard time. How are people supposed to start businesses or do stuff in business in this current economy, in this current, you know, COVID nightmare? Well, you know, I made over a million dollars back in the 90s and I lost everything in a devastating way. So uh, when I, back in 1999, when I started the business I'm currently doing, uh, I was actually, my net worth was minus $250,000. Wow. So if you think you got challenges, I know what it's like to be down and out and build something from nothing, okay? I think the first thing that you really need to think about is, um, there's a great book I read in, in college back in the 80s. Uh, it's called Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. And, you know, it's a, you know, we, we go to Ikea and we buy something and it's like some assembly required and, and that like scares the crap out of people. And I think starting your own business scares people. But they said that, you know, when you have the instructions, there's an instruction that's always missing. And that should be step one is be of serene mind. If you're stressed out, if you're wigging out, you know, um, our job is to be the calm in the middle of the storm. And the first step I would say is before you even think about starting your own business is get yourself in a mental state where you can even entertain it as a possibility. If you're all stressed out, I can't even talk to you. Let's like get you down, chilled out. So maybe you need a massage. Maybe you need, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, and I know even that's hard to do now. I mean, uh, recently, I, I had I cut my own hair off because I couldn't find a barber that would cut my hair because of COVID nineteen, um, and I think that's a big lesson: is self reliance is better than employer reliance. If you don't start your business now, you know you say, "How do I start my business now?" You have a choice: either start your business now or wait. Start your business now, or go back and get in line and compete with sixty million other people for the next job. What's the What's the number one reason you think people don't go off and start their own business. They don't try and take matters into their own hands. They, they stay uh, as, an, as an employee. It's fear. It's straight up fear. You know, if you're, I, I wrote a book and in the inspiration of that book is I was asked to, to speak to 50 people at the EDD, the Employment Development Department, and I think it was in Sherman Oaks, California. And there were 50 people in the room that all had bachelor's, master's, and PhDs, and they were all unemployed. And I was, I was brought in to teach them some sales and marketing techniques so they could get their next job. Mm. And, and they said, you know, we don't have trouble finding a job. We have trouble finding a job in the stuff we learned in the university. And I'm like, interesting. So I asked, you know, if you, first I said is if you find a dream job, you're lucky because there's not a committee to create a dream job for Jared. 
the committee for the dream job for Jared is Jared in the mirror, right? Okay. And it's the same for all of us. So uh, I asked two questions. And the first one was, if you can't find a dream job out there, how many of you would like to someday, one day, start your business as an entrepreneur? And 60% of the hands went up, which I thought was pretty good. And my buddy Jason was behind. He's like, ask him how many are afraid. I go, how many of you are afraid of starting your own business? And like every hand in the room shot up. And I was like, this is America, the land of opportunity. Like, what's wrong with this picture? How do you go get a PhD and then not learn how to monetize it? How do you get a PhD and be afraid to take that into the marketplace? I think what it comes to, because, you know, my background was in academia too. I did seven years of formal psychological training, going to grad school, getting my degrees. And when you come from that kind of background, everything's very structurally laid out for you. It's like, here's a plan. You go to high school, here's a degree. Here's, you know, go to college, go to grad school. Here, become a professor, learn under this guy, become a psychologist, let's say. Here's the kind of jobs that are available for you. Right. But I mean, it's just like the idea is that the world will just provide if you follow the rules, you do everything right. And like every, you don't, you don't have to worry. Things are structured. Like how you get clients? Oh, the um, insurance agency will bring clients in. They'll just, you know, everything's just taken care of. So when you'd say to people, at least for me, when I made it, because I was, I was one of those guys who raised their hand. When I first started and I met you kind of, you know, back then, I was scared shitless. Like I was, yeah terrified to go on my own because I'm breaking away from this like you're okay someone's looking after you you'll be okay dependency path or structured yeah employer reliance yeah employer reliance and but it was it was very I had to come up with employer reliance it's there's a comfort blanket to it of just somebody else to take care of it Going off on your own is kind of like, it's the wild west. It could be amazing or it could be a disaster. Like, you don't know what to expect. And that to me was so fearful. I'm glad I did it. I love the fact that I yeah. work for myself now and, and make the dream I want. Like you said, make my, forge my own dream job, right? Uh, what about with, with you and your story? Did you always work for yourself? Did you, were you ever employee-reliant back in the day? Uh, my first job in high school was, uh, was a stereo repair tech. Uh, uh, and you know, um, I was really big into electronics and my boss, he would, he would put a piece of equipment on my desk and say, fix it. <laughs> that, was, that was my first job, but he was an entrepreneur. And so I had that influence. I've had many jobs. I've had many businesses uh, of many different ways of making uh, money. Um, but for some reason, I was always intrigued with it and it was always frustrating to me. Um, I've had a series of events um, that really made me make the decision that I was, you know, I, I was working for a place called Sun Computers. It was, a, it, was a, it was a retail computer store in Torrance, California. And I loved that job. I was good at that job. I was selling Apple Macintosh computers before they had Apple stores. And one day, uh, uh, the, the manager was on vacation skiing in Colorado. And there was an assistant. He wasn't even an assistant manager, a guy named Gary. And, um, it was a Friday, I remember it, at like one o'clock in the afternoon, I got a, a call that my dad had a heart attack. Oh, wow. And I was, and I asked Gary, it's like, can I, can I go be with my father? He was like an hour drive away in Loma Linda University Hospital. He's like, no, Joe, we're shorthanded. You can't go. You got to work out your shift till seven. So seven o'clock came around and I got permission to leave and I went and then Monday morning I came back 
and the manager was back and she's like, Joe, what happened? Uh, where did you go Friday night? And I told her exactly that because that's exactly what happened. And she goes, well, after you left, some guys came in the store with ski masks and automatic weapons and they robbed the store. They locked Gary in the back. And I'm like, well, that was terrible. I had nothing to do with it. I had permission to leave. And I, you know, so three weeks later, they call me into the office and, you know, you got to realize I was doing good on this job. I was selling, my customers loved me. I was busting quota. I was doing really good. And they go, uh, Joe, we have to terminate your employment. We have to let you go. And I'm like, why? They go, remember that bank robbery? And I'm like, yeah, I had nothing to do with it. And it's like, well, the insurance company won't pay the money unless we find fault with someone. And you broke a policy that there's supposed to be two people in the store at lockup and you left. I'm like, I had permission to leave. Like, so what? So I, I went to an employment attorney to, you know, see if I had rights. And the truth is you have no rights in, in, unless you have an employment contract. If somebody rolls over out of bed one day and says, you're gone, you're gone because in California, you're employed at will. Most states are this way unless you have a contract, which means you can get hired for the right reasons, you can get hired for the wrong reasons, and you can get fired for the right reasons, and you get fired for the wrong reasons. And I was like, why would I go and build a career, kick ass, sell, make a living, build a career, and then you can just roll out of bed and say you're gone for no reason. I'm like, never, ever, ever again will I put my faith my career in someone else's hands. I will never work for someone again. I will make this entrepreneur thing work. So, so that was. Your, so what, what was your first business? What did you go off and, and start with? Well, I dabbled in other businesses to that, but um, uh, I went to, I, I took a night job. I went to bartending college and I learned to be a bartender. I bartended on the Queen Mary. So I can have a day business. Um, going back to uh, selling electronics and repairing electronics and doing that kind of thing. I ended up uh, getting a sales job uh, with another company, but not as an employee, but as an independent contractor with a 50, 50 profit split. And I set my own hours and all that. Sure. And, and that gave, and, and I made over a million dollars selling, you know, some high end. Software. Uh, that was really how I made, made money, but it took a while to build that up. But yeah. So I'm, I'm, is, I'm guessing selling is a, is a key essential ingredient for any business. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah. If you can't close a sale, you, 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 you don't belong in business. But the good news is it's a teachable, learnable. I've actually, I've learned 19 different sellings, okay? Been to Tom Hopkins boot camps three times. I've learned the Sandler selling system. I went through fifty-two weeks of the boot camp. I, you know, I've learned neurolinguistic programming. I've, I've got, I've studied more about sales than anybody you've probably ever met, and um, it is teachable. So, what would you say for those who are just starting out and maybe you want to, you know, grow their business or start a business, and they have know nothing about sales, or you know, I hear a lot of guys and girls say, you know, I, I'm not that salesy. I don't. I'm not very salesy. I'm not good with that. Uh, I don't want to come off pushy or whatever. What advice would you give them just to start off with the sales process? Well, you know, first of all, if you if you get a normal traditional job, you're selling your employer on working for them. So we're all selling. Kids are great salespeople. 
Like, mom, will you buy me a candy bar? No. Mom, will you buy me a candy bar? No. Mom, will you buy me? Eventually, mom breaks down and she gets you the candy bar. You just sold mom. So we're all salespeople. Um, I, I think the biggest thing is, is like, I will solve your problems and you will pay me. It's a trade. Okay. And not everybody's going to accept your trade, but um, I am here to make your life better. And if I do that for you, then what are you going to do for me? There is a trade. And so to me, closing a sale, the best definition of closing a sale to me is helping make decisions that are wise for them. Hmm. Making okay. a power decision. Yeah, I'm not manipulating people. I'm helping people make a good decision. Like, and so one of the things I teach people is the sales agenda where you win every time. The reason people get frustrated in sales is they have an agenda to get the sale. If you get the sale, win, and if you don't, lose, and it feels pretty bad. Yeah. And so I teach people to get the agenda. The, the best agenda I found is to go for the truth of a good fit. If the truth is it's a good fit, you win. And if the truth is it's not a good fit, you win. Because every time you get to the truth, you win. And that takes so much pressure off the selling because then, hey, I got my criteria, you know, and here's three criteria anybody can learn, money, service, and fun. I'm here to be of service and this is a business and I want enjoyable transactions. I need all three. If those are a good fit, I'll pour my heart and soul into my client. But if, if, they, if I can be of service and they don't want to pay me, it's not a good fit. That's the truth. Adios. And I can walk away feeling very good. Yeah. I find it's very, at least for me, it's very, very hard to try to sell something if you're not actually passionate about it. And if you don't believe in the product, believe in the service of, of what you're doing, that's, that's such a integral, you know, thing. like I've turned down money before, even, uh, you know, my operations guy right now, when he first came to me, he tried offering the money. I'm like, that's not good for you. Like, I, I don't want to take it because it won't work what you're asking for. Uh, and like, I, I, I respect that. I think it's, the idea is, you know, instead of always trying to go for a win, you should go for what's best for the, the person you're talking to. If you feel like you can help them, then sell away. Then, then it's your duty to sell them because you know that you can make their life better. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad you bring that up because, you know, a lot of people think sales is a numbers game. And, and it like a little bit is, but the truth is sales is a relationship game. And if you treat people like a number, you deserve all the sales you don't get. Sales is a one-on-one -on -one relationship building game. And so I want you to imagine that say you work for a pharmaceutical company and you, you sell a medicine. Now here's the deal. If, if, if people are in disease and they take your medicine, they will live. And if they don't take your medicine, they will die. Yep. So if you can help people and you don't help people, you're actually you're actually operating from a moral disservice. Yep. So if you can help people, you have a moral obligation to do everything in your power to help them take your medicine they can live or benefit. And I call that sales master. So, you know, some salespeople say, well, one out of 10 or two out of 10, that's good, those are good numbers. But if you're selling a medicine that can save people's lives, if you sell, if you sell 10 out of 10, everybody lives, but if you, if you, sell nine out of 10 and that one person doesn't, they don't buy, they die on your watch. Do you yeah. want to have that burden on your shoulders? 
So what do you do when you're in that situation? Let's say you're trying to give somebody their medicine, you're trying to sell them like this medicine can save your life, but then they come back with you with the frame, oh, you're just trying to get money off me, you're just trying to sell me, when it's like, this could literally help you and benefit you. Well, there's three reasons to be in business, money, meaning, and freedom. So yes, there is a commission associated with selling you this medicine, um, but you're gonna live. You're the, you know, the, the, the commission I make is small compared to the value of your life. So, so yes, I, I don't, I'm not ashamed to say of the fact that I make a profit for serving you, but I am serving you and making your life better. You know, the truth is, is if I make your life better, I deserve to get paid. But, you know, a lot of people, they sell things that don't really make somebody's life better and they shouldn't be in the first. So the most important thing here is we spend money on things that make our life better. And so, if you're not selling something that makes people's lives better, find something that does. Right. <laughs> now, for, for the guys listening to this, you know, obviously people tune in to you know, this podcast because they're looking for dating advice. They want to see what's going on in the world with women, with, with social circles, uh, with social skills in general. How can being your own boss, starting your own business, help you in that regard in terms of lifestyle with women? Because I know you've, you've worked personally with some of the top seducers and, and playboys in the world. So what have you seen Rock when it comes Jeffrey. to, you know? I've worked with Rock Jeffries, Vince Kelvin. Um, I've worked with you. I've worked with Hypnotica. I've worked with a bunch of guys in the industry. Yeah. Um, look right now, um, 60 million people are unemployed. So, you know, it, it doesn't take money to get, can, the I be, can I be the new pickup line? Like I got a job. <laughs> that is right. That's actually kind of a plus, right? Yeah, it's like, I'm in my own job. How do you like that? Well, I have income. Yep. So, um, I think, you know, again, you know, before this whole COVID thing hit, you know, a lot of people I want to start my business, but I have this job security thing, so I'll stick with my paycheck. There was no sense of urgency. But now that COVID's hit, people are realizing that, that self, you know, employer reliance isn't that reliable. Yeah, they're being let go and just like, oh my God, this is like, for no reason. It's like, oh, you're gone, we can't pay you. Sorry, like you did nothing wrong, Corona, versus I'm in control of my own destiny, I'm in control of my own fate. And that's something I love, I know that you can provide. I mean, I, we have something in my program called Money so Mondays. This idea of being- Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, this idea of being able to go out into the marketplace and, and sell your exchange for cash is a survival skill. Yeah. It's a it survival Which is if one you, of the just super attractive traits to, to, to show it on an evolutionary, just biological level that you show that you are a survivor. You're someone who can take care of shit. A provider. Yeah. Not just a survivor, a provider. And, and, and this is something I've seen you do, you know, like for my guys, for those who don't know, you know, in my program, we have something called Money Mondays. And every single week, Joe comes in and answers all the questions from guys in my program, helping them. I know um, one of my students, Alex, you took under your wing uh, to mentor and helping him uh, achieve his vision of, you know, what he wants to do and, and, and grow his financial freedom. So for anybody who's thinking now, granted, I, I mean, I never want to say looks and money is everything when it comes to attraction and being better with women because some people think oh that's all it is looks and money uh, but it's it's not not important 
Like, there's two sides of camp. There's the guys who say, this is everything. You need looks and money. And then there are guys who say, oh, looks and money don't matter. It all matters. If you're someone who doesn't have, uh, you know, some type of financial freedom, if you're somebody who doesn't have an attractive lifestyle, who can't provide, you know, on a basic level, someone who doesn't have his shit together, like, you can know all the routines and, and tricks and tactics in the book, but they're going to see right through that. And, and this is such a, you know, there, there's attracting, which is if a business, and correct me if I'm wrong with this, if I'm wrong, Joe, but in like a business, attracting is like the sales. Being attractive is like the product. Having your own financial freedom, being successful, uh, you know, having a good lifestyle, that yeah. makes you more attractive, a better product. Does that make sense, Joe? Yeah, it does. And let me just make a point of clarification. It doesn't take money to get the girl, but it, it helps to keep the girl. Yep. That's true. You know, if you want to build a life with someone, um, she wants to know that, you know, uh, that you're bringing value and uh, as a man. Um, and it doesn't mean you have to be rich. I mean, anybody that organizes themselves can make 10K a month. Uh, I really believe that. Uh, at least 5K a month in your own business. And so it, it doesn't take money to get the girl, but it, it takes money to keep the girl. Um, it, it, and look, I mean, there's this ideal of, you know, perfect love and money doesn't matter. You know, money can't buy you love and all that stuff. But look, you, you know, do you want to walk through this world constantly in the money struggle or do you want to like kind of get that part handled? I think it's important that we, right now what people are looking for is diversification of income. So in other words, I had a job and I might, you know, after COVID happens, I might be able to go back to it. But this is a time where people are saying, you know, maybe there's other ways I can make money. Maybe I can take my talents and I can offer something in the marketplace and receive some extra money for it. So there's, there's a spectrum of, you can have a full-time job, you can have a full-time business, or you can have a, a full-time business with a little part-time job supplement, or you can have a full-time job with a side hustle. There's all kinds of combinations. Which style um, would you recommend? I, I think it really depends on where you are in the continuum. You know, it, it's malpractice to give a prescription without a proper diagnosis first. Okay. So what's so? Let's say guys, you know, they want to go and start off, do their thing. You know, the first step you said was, you know, acceptance, serenity. How do they go about learning the stuff about the business world? What, you know, how can they start off something that they've never had any experience with? They, they've never done this before. How do you go about learning this correctly? You know, I have a process. There's, there's, an in, there's a, a three-part intentions and a six-part manifestation process. So that the intentions are, number one, is you should do something you love for yourself and others, you know? If you're not passionate about what you're doing, you're going to eventually burn out. And if you just do what you love for yourself, you won't make money because everything you want in life is controlled by another human being other than your own internal happiness and state. So if you want a car, it's controlled by someone else. If you want a home, it's controlled by someone else. If you want the girl, it's controlled by her decision to be with you. And if you want money, it's controlled by the clients that you serve. So you want to choose something that you love doing and customers will love doing with you and, and buy from you. Then you want to share the love through your service. When you show up and you love what you do and you pour your heart and soul into people as a massive contribution. Uh, so you want to share the love through your contribution and through your marketing, effective marketing. 
then you'll eventually receive the love in the form of cash and gratitude and the fulfillment of actually improving other people's lives. So those are the, those are the intentions. Uh, most people are in careers by default and not by design. And when we design those intentions, you can actually create a business that you like love going every day. So that's the intentions. Is that part pretty clear? Yeah, no, I mean, that's, it's, it's lining up. So how do you, sorry? How do you do it? So the first step, so it's, it's a six step progress uh, pro process. I'll rattle them off real quick and then I'll go through. It's planning, positioning, packaging, promotion, persuasion, performance. A lot of P's. A lot of P's, it's the six P's. The planning is choosing your business wisely. If you, if you choose the wrong business in the first place, you're going to end up failing and regretting going down that path. So it's so important to nail down the right business for you before you do all the other pieces. Otherwise, you're good. So, and I have, I have work dates, I have exercises. I've got somebody I've been working with now for four months, and he, he just had the light bulbs go off, and we've nailed down what he's going to do now. Unfortunately, I'm not at liberty to discuss it yet because uh, he's got a corporate gig and he doesn't want them to find out and all that. So, but you want to choose your business wisely and it should be based on two things. Your passions, your competencies, and what will actually get you paid. And then you said the next one was uh, preparing? Positioning. Positioning is the branding. What are the emotional triggers that are going to get people to favor you with their business? Uh, you know, most business are, are built on solving a problem. FedEx is built on solving the problem of getting that pack halfway around the world overnight. Right. You're right. Modern flirt, what, you know, modern flirting is built, designed on solving problems. What's the biggest problem? Say it again. You broke up there for a second. I said modern flirting is built on solving problems. What's the biggest problem you solve? Having a happy dating life, so getting confidence in yourself, developing a so thriving that's not system. a problem. That's a solution. Oh, the problem is my dating life sucks. Yep. My dating life isn't where I want it to be. Not getting the kind of girls I want. Not happy or not not able to get out of the house and talk to the people I want to talk to. So position would be, uh, you know, are you a man who loves women but you're frustrated because you're not attracting the quantity or quality of women that you would like to have in your life? Do you feel like if you don't resolve these problems, it'll lead to like not having a happy future? My name is Jared with Modern Flirting, and I can teach you to improve your, your confidence, improve your social skills, improve the way you walk through the world so you can connect with anyone, anywhere, anytime and have an amazing relationship. If that's something you're interested, we help solve that problem for you. So that's, that's the positioning is, is really understanding the emotional triggers of why people buy. Once you get that and you build your brand around that, then the third P is packaging. What is it that Jared is offering? You know, um, if we took Jared in a brown paper bag versus the same Jared in a copper blue Tiffany box, one is perceived as more valuable because it's packaged attractively because you're packaged attractively in marketing. It's like, um, what is your offer? What is it exactly you're selling? The, the performance, the delivery on the end. What is it you're, you're promising to deliver? So your packaging is two parts. It's your offer and the storytelling around it. 
if you're packaged attractively, then people will be attracted to and be interested in what you've got. So we need to craft the story and the messaging so that it resonates and it's clear uh, so that people understand and appreciate and even desire what you have to offer. Gotcha. Now that you've got a great story and an offer, you got to promote it. You got to get it out to the world. You got to get people to show interest and raise their hands. So promotion uh, is getting the word out. It could be referrals. It could be Salesforce. It could be advertising like Facebook ads. Uh, it could be joint venture relationships. There's a lot of ways to promote, but you, you know, the, if you want, there, there is no music if you don't play your horn. Promotion is about playing your horn so that people know who you are and what you're about. That will generate leads and interest, which moves us into the fifth P, which is persuasion. Now that people are raising their hand and leaning into you and kind of curious and interested, now you need to qualify and see if they're the right people or not, and then help them make that decision that's wise for them, which is the box. And when you persuade it, now you have a customer, which leads us to the 6P, which is performance. Now that you've closed the sale and collected the money, you got to do the work and deliver the goodies. That's my, that's my system. And, you know, everybody, if you choose your business wisely and we brand it right, and um, we, we have a good package and an offer that makes you attractive and we get that package out there, and get some people raising their hand and close some sales and you deliver the, that creates a business that works. And those are the railroad tracks that I use to help people consistently create new businesses over and over again. Wow. So, I mean, for a lot of people I can see, you know, hearing that it's like, it's a double-edged sword. Cause on one hand it's inspiring saying, wow, there's so much. Okay. Like it's all planned out Wow, there is structure. It's not just hope for the best and, and all luck based in the wild west. On the other hand, it could also be like overwhelming of, oh my God, there's so much that needs to be done and, and take place. I don't know if I have, you know, what it's in me, you know, what, you know, if I don't have, I don't know if I have it in me to go off and do that. And I think, you know, for me at least, I, maybe you're thinking different. It was like gun to my head. Like I had to figure it out. And I know it was done. And I'm going to tell anybody listening, it is hard. It is daunting. It is not it is some, like you, you've going to have to like push yourself and, and do shit that, you've never thought possible and you're going to have to kind of make a change. And it's an identity uh, change in a way to see yourself uh, a certain, but here's a cool thing is yes, all those fears of, Oh my God, this is going to be so stressful and hard, whatever true. But at the end of the day, I, I don't know any entrepreneur who says it wasn't worth it. It's just like getting better with women. Like I would love to give you, yeah. I would love to give you like um, a pill where it's like, boom, you're an amazing entrepreneur or pill. Boom. You're amazing with women and you're attractive. Boom. You're like, and as people, that's what we want. And, we're, and we fear hard work. We're scared of taking risks and doing things that could be beneficial to us. Right. But if you trust in yourself and say, you know what, there's no alternative. I'm making a choice. Gun to your head. You have to do it. On the other side of it, it's, it's so much more work. This time last year, a little bit over a year, this time, two years ago, let's say, I was completely broke, miserable, didn't know how I'd make ends meet. Like, now I have staff, I'm buying, like, you know, I have the freedom to go travel whatever I want, I do whatever. I don't, because I'm trying to be responsible, but like, I, you know, building this up and having, being able to run things my way instead of having to take orders and do things that I don't agree with, it's the freedom, the financial relief, 
the the empowerment of seeing yourself in this way, knowing that you can you can do this, that you've got this. Uh, it's 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 unlike anything else. I mean, I think it's an experience everyone should feel for themselves. Entrepreneurship is the ultimate personal development exercise. That that's a great look. Yeah. There's two mass, and I'm still going through it. I'm still new. I've only been doing modern flirting for less than a year and a half, like a little over a year. I've uh, been dating coach for the last 15 years. But again, as you put it, I was employment reliance. And I've been passionate like a peace pipe amongst all the other you know, companies out there. So it is a massive journey uh, that I've, I'm still going through. You know, and you've been a big help uh, for me on that journey of, of figuring it out. I mean, so I know mentorship is a big part of, of what you do. How does that work with, with your mentorship? How do you help, you know, guys in their journey? Well, you know, success is inevitable when you master the fundamentals. Okay. First, you said a couple things. I want to come back around to some of the things you said. Um, a lot of people think entrepreneurship is risky. And it is if you don't know what you're doing. If you don't know what you're doing, of course it's risky. The, this is the challenge. You know, if you failed in business, guess what? It's not your fault because they don't teach entrepreneurship effectively in the school system. Okay. So if you failed, you know, children, look, I believe children are born as geniuses and then conditioned into mediocrity and children don't lack capacity. They lack mentors. You know, in Beverly Hills, they put them in the school system. The kids learn like five because they have the teachers and the members to make sure that they can do that. Okay. So risk comes from not knowing what you're doing. And, and let's, let's talk about risk. You know, what's the risk in business? I want you to imagine that you have a neighbor that has a big giant lawn and they say, Jared, if you mow my lawn, I have all the equipment stuff, but it's a big lawn. If you mow my lawn, I'll pay you a hundred bucks. So you go out and you mow the lawn and you receive a hundred bucks. That's not risky. I did some work, I got paid, okay? And it's a repeatable, because next week or two weeks from now, the lawn's gonna need to be mowed again. That's not what gets people in trouble in business. What gets people in trouble in business is they're now making, oh, I don't know, 400 bucks a month mowing lawns, and they say, I'm gonna go get a truck, and they, they go into debt for $20,000 for a truck they can't afford. That's yeah. why people fail in business. There's, if you're out your income then your upkeep becomes huh i'm sorry we got a disconnect but there's a giant risk of not taking action people talk about the risk of doing something whether it's bettering themselves with women uh getting a mentor starting their business and they're like oh there's a risk to that i don't know can i afford it i might like, a lot of times i look at them like how are you gonna afford it not to do you understand the giant risk you're putting yourself in by doing things wrong by like a, a time waste risk a financial like like how much opportunity costs how much money you're losing like i've woken up to it now if i i'm so mad at myself for not doing this five years ago that's you know? what everyone says it I, I mean I, i've that's lost so much time and money by not doing this sooner and not doing it correctly it's like oh my god every day i was i didn't start off and do it myself it was i was losing so much you don't see it because you're not aware but you're losing at life because of the opportunity cost. Because how much richer, how much richer, to the guys listening to this, how much richer and more satisfied could you be if you got, if you handled your issues with women earlier in life, if you started your business and made money earlier in life, if you actually took action, you know, 10 years ago, let's say, 
figure this out, where would you be now, right? Like not doing things 10 years ago led to where you are now. And maybe, and maybe you're happy, great, but maybe you're not. And that's the giant risk and not taking action is risky. It, and and it's, it's one of the highest risks because we've already kind of seen the trajectory. You look at, the way I like to tell my guys is look at the last five years of your life. That's the trajectory you're on for the next five years. If you love the growth you've made in the last five years, keep doing what you're doing. You're, you're killing it. If you're unhappy with where you, five years ago to where you are now and you don't see the kind of growth you want, expect the same amount of growth from there unless something changes, unless you start you know, kicking ass and, and doing things differently. To me, employer reliance is a lot re it's a lot riskier than self-reliance. One of the things is when you take on a job working for someone else, you give away a lot of personal power. You, you oh. just cap your salary. You don't set your own hours. You don't have freedom. You can't see your father in a hospital who had a heart attack if the employer won't let you. You're, you're probably underemployed. Probably a fraction of a fraction of your two talents and skills. So... Um, there's another thing you said, and that is, you know, what's the risk, you know, being self-employed? And the truth is, is everybody is self-employed, even if you have a job. Even if you don't have a job, you're self-employed. If you have a business and you have 100 customers and you lose one, you are self-employed with 99 customers. If you have a job, you are self-employed with one customer and probably in a deal that you negotiated very poorly. And if you're unemployed, you're self-employed with no customers. So we're all self-employed, and if you don't own that truth already, um, you, you, you know, you're not connected to the truth about reality. The fact that you chose to go to college and learn psychology and then go down that traditional career path is a form of self-employment saying, I'm gonna learn an education, I'm gonna trade my days with an employer that pays me that way. So the thing is, is who's gonna make better decisions about your career, you or someone else? Who do you want to trust? You know, you, you or somebody else running this ship. You know? Everybody says, I could do this better. This is so run so poorly. Okay, well, do it. Run it better. You can, you can always start off. And sometimes if you need that experience of being in, you know, whatever, right? But like, like I said, I started this, you know, with Modern Flirting a year and a half ago. Uh, the, the, the knowledge from being in this for 14 years before that, and learning from a lot of great mentors, learning, you know, be, working as a dating coach with all these, you know, giant companies, some small companies, some giant companies. I, I work for international companies. I work for a local uh, company only in, in the city, in Miami. So I got a lot of experience that allowed me to go, okay, I know what works and what doesn't. So, you know, for a lot of guys listening to it, maybe you've been doing your job for the last 10 years, doing the same thing, but guess what? That's 10 years of experience of seeing how things are run, of understanding it. There's no reason you can't do it yourself. You've, you've seen, at that time frame, you've kind of seen how the majority of these things work and the things you don't know, you can go and learn. You can learn, and, and that's what I mentor people on. And, and you know, most people that have a job, you know, a, a, if you're gonna build a business, it's really attract, convert, and deliver, and maybe scale all that. And when you have a job, if you're a dentist, you learn the, the deliver part of dentistry. If you're, a, if you're an auto mechanic, you learn how to fix the car, but you don't learn how to market to attract people and convert into sales. And so for most people, they are very good at their, at their craft 
and they just need to learn the marketing and sales pieces and that's what's going to give them that difference so that they can start right i think a lot of All people have the craft down they're just scared that you don't want to be pushy they don't want to be salesy they don't know how to market themselves but like like anything else you said about us just like getting better with women or building up your social life building up your financial life is a learnable teachable skill it's like any anything anything where you see other people and you're like those guys are successful they got something i don't the only thing they have that you don't is knowledge and you can get knowledge you can learn and build up those habits build up those mindsets build up those processes there unless you are like just a very like like something significantly mentally wrong where it is just like holding you back significantly well and, and some people that is the case and I, and I do my best, and I even work with some people in that, those cases who have severe learning disorders. But for the majority of people, like there's nothing holding you back other than your own limiting belief. And that's so true with almost anything, any realm of being successful. Well, it's limiting beliefs and learning the skills. But, you know, um, let me share something that's a powerful paradigm shift, okay? Shakespeare said something very powerful. He said, our doubts are our traitors and make us lose the good we oft win by failing to attempt. So what does that mean? Our doubts are traitors. So if you're 99.9% .9 sure that you can do your business, but you got a 0.1 doubt, Traitor. it's a Judas. It will betray you. You won't even try. You won't even start. Our doubts are traitors, and they make us lose all the good we could win by just failing to attempt. So here's the deal. That seed of doubt, it will jack you up. But here's, here's the transformation. With a mustard seed of faith, you can move mountains. Okay. So what I suggest is if you want to start your business and you've got this doubt that's been jacking you up, take that seed of doubt, throw it away, and replace it with a seed of faith so you can have the confidence and certainty to move forward. You know, it, with, the, with the mustard seed of faith, you can be, move mountains. And I remember having a conversation with some uh, – some missionaries and they said you know if you pray to god to move a mountain don't be surprised when he delivers a shovel okay so moving that mountain is going to be a lot of work but you can do it with faith i think that's the i i really and every successful person understands this it's so hard to like make someone who hasn't done it before or seen that themselves to like take that step but it's so true yes it's a hard work yes it's grueling Yes, like you're going to be stressed at times and, and not everything's going to go perfectly the way you want it to, right? But you can, it's like a chisel. You will grow, you will do it. And you have to have faith in those hard times. You know, there's two things I got very successful with very quickly, and that is being good with women and growing this business. Both very, almost parallel journeys, parallel paths for me. in uh, the same about time frame, you know? And it's amazing because it's, it's the same mentality, same actions, same feeling, same grind. It's, I mean, you know, running a business is different than running a social life a little bit, but there's so many parallels. And what I've realized and, and come to love about that is there is this universal truth about here's a formula to be successful at anything you want to do in life. You want to lose weight. You want to you know, get the ideal body. You want to grow your ideal business. You want to get the girl of your dreams. You want to make the, the sports team whatever, like whatever you want to do right it's the same formula and if you apply and you use it you you have no idea what your potential can be
I think that's amazing stuff that you know I do. This is something Joe does. It's helping people find their insane potential. Well, and, and your business is like a machine. So if you're not making money, let's fix the broken machine. You know, the, the, we know what works. We know what works. Yeah. You know, there, there are processes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I got good news and bad news. The good news, the bad news, the good news is in, as an entrepreneur, you only have to work a half day. The good news is you get to figure out if it's the first 12 or the last 12. Yeah. Okay. But here's the real good news. If you're passionate about what you do, you'll, you'll want to work 12 or 14 hours a day because you're, you're it, you're having so much fun and you're living your passion. It doesn't feel like work. That's, that's a key word. Sometimes, I, I will admit, it is fun at times. Sometimes it's not fun. Sometimes it's like you just got to do it. But no matter what, it's your passion. And it's like you wake up and you, that's what you think about. You're sleeping about it. You're, you're, you're having dreams about it. It's, it's the thing that is driving you. So many people walk around just kind of like a zombie. They just do things. They plug away. They're just like, oh, no, I'm looking forward to the weekend. They do a whole week, five days of the week, where it's just manani, and then weekend. Now I can actually do something I care about. Versus when you have your own business, when you actually or or you know better your your social life. Doing what? Then, you love. Yeah, it's, you're, it's just you're always growing. You're always passionate about something. You wake up every day excited uh, about something. It's so much more powerful and and meaningful. I mean, the, the guys that you have right now under you. I mean, what kind of results? Can these guys expect what's the time frame what are because i mean a lot of people i imagine maybe they've never even had a mentor before they don't understand uh the power behind it you know what are some uh typical results you're seeing from some of your guys uh okay so the, the biggest constraint for most people is actually figuring out what's the right business for them uh and and for some people they figure it out really fast and some people it takes them a little bit of a longer time but once they figure it out once once they get that spark of inspiration, I can't stop them, okay? Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, like two to four or six weeks, it's going to take you to probably that time to figure out what's the right business for you. In three months, in, in, you know, I, I, guarantee, I guarantee people that they can go from zero to cash flow in 90 days, meaning they can get their first sale in 90 days. That's not rich or anything. Um, I had one of my clients, Chris Burns, he said, uh, Joe, I want to go faster. I want to do it in 60 days. And we built a new business with a new product and he made his first sale in 60 days. It's completely possible if you're motivated, inspired and hungry, like my client Les Brown says. Um, so yeah, the first three months is about just kind of shaping things and getting the capital to start ringing. And within six months, you can start producing an income and, and results vary so much because everybody's in a different business. A mobile DJ business is different than a chiropractic business. I have a, a client who's a master farrier, does horseshoes on million dollar horses, you know, so every client's in a different business. So they all make, but um, I actually guarantee results in my program I, you know, that you'll make your money back and double it in six months. Um, because I think that if you start a business and, and if you don't, I'll keep working with you until you do. And I think it's just so important that, um, you know, that the goal is let's get you making your first sales and then let's get you to 2,500 a month and then let's get you to 5k a month, you know, and then let's get you 10k a month and then 20k a month. But it all starts at zero. It starts with, let's get your first customer. Yeah. Let's get some testimonials. Let's show proof. 
here's the key. We spend money on things that make our life better. If we want people to spend money with us, we need to make their life better. So make some people's lives better, whether you get paid or not, and then get some video proof that you that's actually really made. The, that's really the hardest part is, is to start. What I found starting was like, oh my God, because there's so much to learn, to do, to go through the, the site, the finding the first customer, perfecting your sales pitch, be knowing what how to package yourself, what to deliver, what kind of services you're providing or product you're providing. There's so, but if you can do that, right, then it gets progressively easier and easier and easier. It's, it's, the good news is it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't. You know, uh, one of the things I learned from my mentor, um, talking more is um, the five ones the five ones you don't need a hundred different target markets you need one target market and you need to have one product or service that's epic that serves them and then you need one marketing way to get traffic get in front of those people and you need to have one sales process to close those and stick to that one for one year most people do is they overcomplicate it. Well, I'm gonna go for target. Look, you can have three products. It's just gonna take you three times longer to get to six figures. You can have three. So if you can simplify it down, like who do I serve and what problem can I solve? You can really simplify it. And I would say, you know, one of the reasons people do fail is they overcomplicate it. And and the more you simplify things, um, the faster you're gonna to get to a, a recurring uh, income that. It's more consistent and dependable. I found the exact same thing. It's better to laser focus on key things, one key thing, than try to do everything. So many people waste time in business with all the bells and whistles that they don't need. They get stuff, they, they, they purchase things they don't need. They spend time on, you know, like social media. They're like, I'm going to do LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. It's like, just pick one and master that and get really good at that versus spreading yourself thin around all these other ones or like, or like, they're just, I don't know. I, I see guys who just have, they overwhelm themselves with so many stuff that they're not actually just like find something that works and run that. And then when that's working, now you can explore other ways of doing things to add to it. But you just need one funnel that's working, one key thing that you know is tried and true. Yeah. Never underestimate the power of simplicity. And, um, you know, when you get started, you are a hunter. But as you build and you like get to that level, you become a builder of systems. And if you want to get to the, the 40K and beyond, then you're very good at uh, removing the constraints and lubricating the friction points so they get better flow. So My guys first, are very good at lubricating to get flow. Don't worry. Yeah. First you're a hunter, then you're a builder, and then you're a flow expert. And then you're a luber. Yeah, that's right. Everybody needs a little KY jelly in their business. So, um, you know, final thoughts here. Any last piece of advice you want to give them? And also, I mean, for guys who want to learn more, who are excited about this, who, you know, hopefully we inspired and get, you know, this could be your literal wake-up call uh, to start taking action and, and not be employer-reliant. How can they reach you? I know what's the best way to contact you. You know, I've got something new that I'm doing. I've got a Facebook group. Um, okay. And I've, I've got a web URL to, to, that'll take you straight to that Facebook group. So it's, um, it's businessincubatorcommunity.com. And I got a couple gifts. So if you go to businessincubatorcommunity.com, when you read, when you, uh, there's three questions there. One's, would you like a copy of my book? 
on over, it's called Resurrecting America's Entrepreneurial Spirit. And it's a book specifically designed to help you overcome the fears of starting your business. And once you get into the group and you go into the, um, the files, uh, I have the choose your business wisely worksheets, which I normally give to my $5,000 clients and, and that's accessible free inside that group. So, uh, business incubator community.com and that that'll at least put you in a, an environment where you can ask questions and that's a place where I can support you. Even if you're not my client, um, uh, I've, I've created this, this incubator, a place that to nurture you and start where you can start asking questions and learning about uh, starting your business. So. That's amazing. So one more time. So, so name of the site they should go to, to find your Facebook group. Yeah, it's business incubator community. Um, and I, and you know, I, I also have a website for my program. It's called the uh, employee escape plan. So employee. Employees, I like that. I like the employee. Too many employees need to escape. All right. Get out. You're in prison. You don't well, even realize it. Well, check it out. A lot of people, 60 million people just got lost their jobs they have escaped involuntarily um you know interesting point here is you know three months ago before covid hit you know and i've been doing this a long long time a lot of people say joe i want to start my business but i've got this job security and a regular paycheck and then covid hit. before covid there was no sense of urgency but now like a lot of people are Sometimes you need it. Like that's, that's how I got out. I, I realized like I cannot rely on my employee anymore. It was just, the tensions were too high. It was awful. I hated my work. It was, it was making a misery for me and I had to leave. I, I, he wouldn't fire me, but he all but fired. It, it was all but like, you have to work, but it's everything you hate and do nothing you like. And it, he just made it so like, I have to quit because this is, this is slavery. This is awful. So at that point I was like, this is the worst day of my life. And now it's the best. And then looking back now, best day of my life. It was emotionally, it was horrible. It was like the world's ending, everything crumbling. I, it was, it was terrifying. Thank God it happened. Like yeah. it's, and we don't understand sometimes those opportunities where it's like, Oh my God, I got fired. What am I going to do? What you're going to do is start living the life you were meant to live. And you just might need a little bit of help. And that's where, you know, my good friend Joe comes in. So. It, it, it is hard to start a business if you're doing it on your own. But what I do is, is I break it into such baby steps that, that, you know, we can get through the process and we can get you there. You know, if, if you, how do you eat an elephant? You know, one bite at a time. And, you know, you said something earlier, you know, it made me think of that quote that when's the best time to plant a tree for shade is 20 years ago, but the second best time is today now. So if you, if you want help available now and just reach out then I'd be happy to help. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Joe. I mean, it was a pleasure for me. I'm sure the guys listening to it also a pleasure. And I hope you come back. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Take care, buddy. Take care.